Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Can you all hear me? Alaikum salam. I we can, but there are some rolling. You said there are some what? Rolling, like uh, they're saying connecting to audio. Oh, okay. Oh, for other people. Yes, sir. Okay, yes, ma'am. For those who did not get the text, or those who may be tuning in elsewhere, we are reading message to the black man this morning. We will be on page 61 and the section that we will be reading and discussing today is the so-called Negro must do something for himself. The so-called Negro must do something for himself. So we're going to give people a little, a little time to come in this morning. Uh, if you guys don't mind, maybe sharing this with a friend, sharing this with a cousin who may want to join us this morning. Share it with a friend or family. Let's send this to somebody myself. All right, this morning I will be showing you all I will be showing you all something via the news before we get started today. Oh, that is not it. All right, this is what I wanted to show you all this morning. Have you all seen all of the major companies that are laying off recently? So we see here, uh, here's the latest layoffs, downsizing, job cuts, and hiring freeze data. Uh, this is last updated April 15th. So we see Amazon, 18,000. I think I seen 19,000 the other day. Meta, over 10,000. Microsoft, over 10,000. Disney, over 7,000. Davis Bridal over 9,000. Walmart over 2,000. Essentia is a technology company over 19,000. Indeed, 22,000. Twitch, 400. So, why am I showing this? Well, we're going to be discussing what the so-called Negro must do for himself. I'm sure that our people, the black man and woman is included in these layoffs. I'm sure. Um, and I've seen many of us talk about AI technology coming. I've seen many of us talking about the loss of jobs. I've seen through the, throughout the, the pandemic, many of us discuss going through hard trials, going through a hard time, um, 
having a hard time accomplishing our goals, us wanting to do things but not able to move forward. So we want to study that this morning. So we're going to start with a uh, two, two messages from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and then we're going to read from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's book, Message to the Black Men in America, page number 61 this morning. So let's start with this from the minister. Don't go around attacking where your brother stands. Learn how to bring him up, grow him from where he is. It's all a process of evolution. All you have to do is feed what he has. He has some truth, then feed it and grow him. And what you'll have is an evolution that will move from different directions into a oneness. Especially among religious people. I don't see the sense in arguing over whether Marcus Garvey taught Elijah Muhammad. Or whether Elijah Muhammad took from Marcus Garvey. I see one as an extension of the other. And there is no need to deny one in order to, pro uh, to lift up the other. That's foolishness. I don't see the need today to go around condemning Malcolm. I see a need for us to learn from what I think are the successes of Malcolm and what I think are the critical mistakes that Malcolm made. And let us be frank and real that if you live in this life, you make errors. And those of our great men and women who went before us, they should be studied from a non-emotional view to learn from their success and to profit from their mistakes. That in this day, we do not repeat the mistakes of the past. Commitment. What will you commit your life to in 1980? The Quran says, to attempt the uphill road. And what will make thee know what the uphill road is? It is to free a slave. That's not an easy job. For the first slave you have to free. Come on with it. Uh-oh, say it again. Now let me tell you something. It's easy to condemn somebody else. But when you got to look in the mirror and recognize you're looking at a slave, somebody hooked on reefer, somebody hooked on pills, somebody hooked on a vain ego trip, somebody hooked on the fact that he can't leave somebody else's wife alone, somebody hooked on the fact that they can't leave somebody else's husband alone, somebody hooked on the fact that they can't support any leadership, they got to be in the head or nothing at all. That's a slave that needs to be freed, and that's an uphill road. And in the 1980s, if we are going to be free, we first must free ourselves from all these hang-ups that keep us from recognizing the value of one another. Agree? All right. Now, academia, will you agree that we need an army? Now everybody's not a soldier But everybody has to be one You're a soldier for the cause of black liberation From your academic position 
But look, there's a young generation out there that is a generation of fulfillment. They are born to rumble. Have you noticed them? Difficult to manage? They're out there gang-banging and killing one another. It's because they don't have direction. Why should we suffer when we got an army there? All it needs is direction, attention, motivation, and like a cocked fist, hold it until it's time. You build a business and let the mafia take it over? No good, brother and sister. I said it in New York City. In May the 18th, I'll say it again. We cannot free our community until we are strong enough to challenge organized crime. Now, unless we are going to deal with the organized criminals in our community, then let's not talk about freedom. That means that some blood is going to be shed, doesn't it? Come on. Academia, we don't mind shedding some blood now, do we? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our elderly need to be able to walk the streets. And if we don't teach our young people to appreciate the sacrifices of our elders, we haven't been involved in black studies. If we don't develop a positive program for our elderly people to let the world know that we love those who had to scrub floors to give us a, a way. We honor those who scuffled to make a way for us and we refuse to let our elderly walk the street and be preyed upon by some of our own people for the love of money. But you know what, black academia? It's not the fault of the young people. It's our fault and we have to take the blame. Because if we, instead of looking to white people to create jobs for them, would pool our resources and create jobs for these young, vibrant black people, then they wouldn't have to be out there mugging the elderly and selling drugs. So that responsibility ultimately is coming right back home to us. Him to whom much is given, much is required. It's a commitment. It's consciousness. And it's contribution. It's linkage with Africa and black people all over the world forming united fronts for the liberation of our people in this crucial decade. Mm. Wee. There it is, family. So those of you all who are present now on Zoom, uh, after we finish this next message, uh, we want to hear from you. What's your thoughts on what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan just said in this message and the one I'm about to play? And then we're going to read the message to the black man in America. If you all are watching on Facebook or YouTube and you would like to come directly on the Zoom and you would like to share what you got from the message, you can just follow the ticker that you see at the bottom here where you can text nation to that number and come directly on Zoom with us. Here's the, the next and last message from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan right here. 
I want to talk a little more about what my dear helper and assistant minister uh, Ishmael Muhammad touched on. Vision. Brothers, it is a great blessing to be able to see. Jesus opened the eyes of the blind. He gave back to people the gift of sight. Vision is the faculty of sight. It is unusual competence in discernment or perception. That goes beyond looking at a thing. It is looking beyond a thing, looking into a thing, so that you have an unusual competence in the ability to discern what others miss. Webster says that a vision is a mental image produced by the imagination. Ah, oh, it's deeper than that, Mr. Webster. <laughs> he did the best he could. <laughs> vision has at its root, as we said, uh, on Savior's Day, an idea. An idea is a well-developed thought. You know, in the, in the comic books, whenever somebody had a brilliant thought or idea, they would put over the head a light, a bulb. That's it, light got turned on in the guy's head. He saw something, he had an idea. But he really didn't have an idea. He had a thought. Because ideas are different from thoughts. Ideas, like thoughts, exist in the mind, potentially or actually as a product of mental activity. You can't have an idea or thought if your mind is not active. Brain waves on a machine that scans the activity of your mind of your brain shows an, an electrical energy in the brain that says this is alive. Electrical energy in the brain allows the brain to do what the brain is designed to do. Create thought. 
Create image. Create pictures. Listen. Once you have a thought, that is a concept. When you say, sister has conceived, what do you mean? Sister has conceived. What do you mean? She's pregnant, right? Conception is not baby. The conception has all the necessary ingredients to make the baby. But now it needs a period of gestation and growth in the darkness of the womb so that conception becomes a fully developed child, baby, fetus. Hmm? When thought germinates in the mind, if you don't continue to think on the thought, I want, I want you to hear me. If you don't continue to think on the thought, then the thought without more thought only is a thought that comes and goes. And you will say when somebody else comes up with the thought but thinks on the thought, they stole my idea. Uh, they, uh, 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 they stole my stuff. They making the money and I ain't got none. Dirty, low-down thief. Wait a minute, fool. You don't have any corner on thought. You don't have any specific corner on imagery. Many of you have good thoughts, but you do nothing about what you think. So the thought was an opportunity that you blew because you didn't do by the thought what you should have done. You got to think on the thought. Thank you. You have to think on the thought. And thinking on the thought is feeding the thought then the thought develops into an idea and that idea has with it a plan a scheme a method of fulfilling and concretizing what was a mental image that had potential but now you want to what you have envisioned but if you even develop the idea or the thought into an idea and still will not work the idea then God will give the idea to somebody else
who will fulfill the idea and fulfill the vision brought by the idea. Now, let's go on. You all right? Now, my dear uh, brother, Minister uh, Ishmael, you really taught my subject this morning in five minutes, and I'll probably have to learn how to do that from you. <laughs> I'm not going to keep you long, but I, I am excited by the vision. Now, beloved brothers and sisters, listen. After the thought brings up a concept you've conceived, most people talk the thought and the thought gets lost. It's like showing the baby before the baby is a baby. Who wants to see a clot but an abortionist? <laughs> and most times we get a thought, we speak it before we think on the thought. Get it developed. And it must develop in darkness, like the womb of the female, the womb of the mind. Develop your ideas. Then develop the method, the plan of execution. Hmm? The idea will bring up a picture of the completed thing. The picture is in your brain. You can draw it on a piece of paper so that you can keep the vision before your eyes. But putting it on paper isn't actualizing the vision. The vision is only actualized when you bring it into concrete reality. How do you bring it into concrete reality? First, without faith, you can't work the vision. Even if you see it, you gotta now believe that you can bring it. Believe. Not only believe in God, but believe in yourself. Believe that you can do what you envision that must be done. But belief alone is not of any value unless belief is translated into practice or work. And it is belief joined by work that concretizes vision. All right, family. Now, those of you all who are on Zoom, I know y'all saw what just happened. 
I was able to block the person before they finished their, their little artwork. Um, so what we're going to do this morning, we're going to set some rules. If you would like to speak, once we begin to speak, um, please have your camera on, okay? Have your camera on so I can see who you are, make sure you're not trolling and on here playing around. Um, so when it's time to share your thoughts, just raise your hand. And if you can, have your camera on. Now, if I notice you, you've been a part of the Ramadan reading the whole time, then that's fine. You're, you you good. But new people, all y'all coming in here that's playing around, uh, yeah, we got, some, we got something for you. Okay? So if y'all have something from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, just notate it, uh, write it down. Now we're going to be uh, reading from Message to the Black Man in America. The so-called Negro must do something for himself. Brother Cam, I know you got your book out. Do you want to help me read this? It's, it's not that it's not that long. If you do, press one. If you're busy, um, I guess press press two. But we can uh I'll start with the reading though, so we're not waiting. All right, uh, so I'll read two paragraphs. Or I can read the first page and then you can read the next page, however you want to do it. All right. The so-called Negro must do something for himself. He says, in unity, we can accomplish much. Think of the 20 million of your and my kind putting one dollar a year aside for ourselves in a national treasury toward the day of one. Suppose we laid aside one dollar every month against the day of one. Look at the millions that we could build up for ourselves within a few years. Suppose all of you who are wealthy would spend your wealth to build up a better and more economic system among your own people. It would do much to aid our people. Do not put your wealth in the taverns or gambling houses and on racehorses and other sports. Then you would not be so easy to push over when the day of want arrives. There is no need for us millions throughout the country spending our money for the joy and happiness of others. As a result, as soon as they throw us out of a job, we are back at the door at their doors begging for bread and soup. Mm. How many clothing shops do we operate in the country? Very few. Yet all of us wear clothes who made our clothes for us, who sold them to us. We have thousands of grocery stores, but what about our naked bodies? Should we not have more stores to sell our people clothes? Should we not sell our, sell our people everything they want and need? But no, we give all the money out of our pockets to the slave master. We are satisfied in doing so. There are millions of us. We do not have enough factories to weave clothes for our people here in America. Think over that. Where is our shoe factory? Where are our cattle that we are skinning to make shoes for our people? These are small things, but we want equality with the nation that is doing these things. All right, let's uh, go ahead, Brother Cam. We boast that we should be recognized as equals. Let us make ourselves equals. 
We cannot be equal with the master until we own what the master owns. We cannot be equal with the master until we have the freedom the master enjoys. We cannot be equal with the master until we have the education the master has. Then we can say, master, recognize us as your equal. Today, you are begging the master, the slave master's children, for what? You are begging them for a job. You are begging for complete recognition as their equals. Let us be honest with ourselves. According to history, we cannot find where the master made his slave equal until the slave made himself worthy of equality. I am with you to go on top. <clears throat> we cannot go on top with weight that is hanging on us. We cannot charge the white man with all our faults. We are supposed to be, according to his own teachings, free. We are supposed to have been freed from him approximately 100 years ago. Have we exercised that freedom? We must answer that we have not availed ourselves of that freedom. If we have not availed ourselves of that freedom, which he says he gave us, why should we think hard of him about the way he treats us? This may be a little hard to swallow. Our fathers, in the days that were set free, they were set free by the slave master, had no knowledge of how to go for sale. Today, you are educated. You claim that you have equal education. Then why don't you take a walk? Before we can be justified in accusing, accusing the other man, let us examine ourselves first. I do not say that our fathers are the ones to blame for their ignorance, and neither are you. Neither they nor you are at fault. The root of the cause can be placed back into the laps of our slave masters. When the slave masters say we are free and continue to say we are free, should we not take a free step? We charge the slave masters' children with mistreating us. Suppose you tell a man that he is free. Get out of our house and go into your own house. But the freed slave says, no, no, I work for you. I'll serve you as a servant if you will allow me to remain in your house. The man of that house tells you, I will not give you a new suit this year. I'll not pay you today for any work. Go home and sit down. Why should you say that man is not treating you right? Why say that that man, why say to that man, I have to have a job the same as you? Has not he offered the door to you? If the slave master did not mean that you and I were free, we should have them admitted. You remain as a free slave to your slave masters. You demand that he recognize you as his equal. You are making yourselves look small in the eyes of the world. If every so-called Negro were fired, what would you do? Would you unite and go to Washington and demand that the government give you a job? You will be foolish enough to do that. If they beat you by the thousands, what right have you to say that he should not last you? You have made yourself his slave. You continue to preach a doctrine of remaining with the slave master. You are still called by your slave master's names, by rights, by, by international rights. You belong to the white man of America. He knows that. You have never gotten out of the shackles of slavery. You are still in them. You are still in authority over your wife as long as she got 
as long as she goes in your name, regardless of her separating herself from you. If she has not gotten a legal divorce and freed herself from your name, you are still in authority over her by law. Likewise, you are still under authority of the chains of your slave masters. You have not tried to free yourself from them. You have not exercised the freedom that they claim to have given you. Today is the day of decision. We have lived here more than 400 years that, you know, according to prophecy is the prediction of our stay among these people. That time has expired. The time is up. The decision is being made for your departure and mine. It is most important to God Almighty, whose proper name is Allah, that I speak to you according to the time that we are living in now. Today, you are standing face to face with the alternative of accepting your own or forever being erased from the earth as a people. No one is trying to make you see this importance, but your own. But but do you but do you not see you are blindly looking toward the slave master to tell you this? How can a slave master tell the slave? Look, slave, your day has arrived. You should sit in the seat of authority. We cannot beg for jobs anymore. We cannot build a future on a job that was given to us by the slave master 400 years ago. The day has arrived. He has no more work for us to do. He is not willing to tell us that. The time has arrived when deep within his own heart, he desires that you go out and find a job for yourself. He will forever be burdened. The burden will be will get greater and greater as long as he tries to carry you and me. It is time for a separation of the two, black and white. Allah God is calling for a separation. All right. Anybody would like to share, raise your hand or press one in the comment section if you would like to share on something that the minister said or from what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad laid out for us. In that section. Brother Bam. Go ahead. Let me see. Go ahead. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, a couple of things that stuck out. Uh, the second part, uh, the second um, uh, audio we listened to, he he talked about vision. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me think about uh, my garden. Um, we're working on our garden right now, and certain certain uh, vegetables need more light. Certain vegetables need more water. Certain vegetables need to be planted, you know, in a better p- position. So when I thought about vision, it, it thought about I thought about listening during Ramadan and listening to the lectures. And I feel like the more that I listened, it gave me a a more aerial view of my life and the vision as far as where I am and where I need to be. So I feel like vision is key for every, everybody that's in the zoom, everybody that's listening. The more we listen to the, uh, the minister, the more we, read the Quran, um, it gives us a better aerial view to see where we are and what we need. Everybody doesn't necessarily need the same thing in life. 
and they kind of tied into uh, the the message to the black man that you just uh, read, uh, read off. It made me think about um, us in general, as far as black people. Um, I think we're in a state where we need to move from a survival mode to a thrival mode. Like I think we've been so stuck in survival mode that we don't have the vision to thrive. So those are the two things that kind of popped up in my head as far as, you know, some of us needing certain things. And I think reading the Quran and reading the message to the black man give, gives us a better visual of where we are and what we need. And then as well as us as a black people getting out of a, a survival mode and we need vision to move to a thriving mode. Uh, that's what I thought. Yes, sir. Brother, uh, we got brother Roosevelt. Yes, sir. Assalamu alaikum. I just found it interesting how yesterday I felt like Allah allowed me to separate from my job. So I was working an overnight security job. And the same day that, that afternoon, I went up with my final calls. So it was just kind of working all in accordance with my purpose. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I felt like that was needed for me to read from message to the black man this morning. Praise be to Allah. Well, keep at it, brother. Yes, sir. Anybody else would would like to share about something that the minister said? Uh, let me ask y'all a question. How many of you all, and you can just press one in the comment section, had a have a vision or have had a vision in the past that Still, honestly, to this day has not came to pass. You got this vision and it's it just really still ain't. It haven't came to pass just yet. The question I would like to ask you all. Um, and you can you can just put the number three in the comment section if you would like to share or raise your hand. Why do you think this vision have yet to come to pass? Because many of us been having a vision, not just for a couple of days, not just for a couple of months, but it's been years, man. I want to get here. I want to accomplish this. I want to do this. But honestly, we still haven't got there yet. What do you think is the reason many of us as a people have not uh, have not reached our uh, our vision? Sister Golda, go ahead. And that mute button was acting funny. I like um so I feel like we have visions, but it goes back to what we've been seeing in the Quran about Allah's desire. So the reason why some of our visions have not happened yet is because we weren't in the right place for that vision. We weren't in the right mindset. There's there's a lot of people will get something too early and then they don't know how to handle it and then they fall off or they lose their mind, they get depressed and whatnot. So I feel like for me personally, speaking for myself, the reason why I have not seen my vision is because I wasn't in the right place. I wasn't in the right mindset. I wasn't in the right level of submission to Allah. And I think that my vision or I feel that my vision is wrapped up so much in Allah that if I wasn't in this place, 
then Allah wasn't going to give it to me. So that's how I look at it. Yes, ma'am. Next, we got uh, Brother Samuel. Assalamu uh, alaikum. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. So, if, yeah, I definitely had a vision and have one. And it's, it's coming to turn. Um, it's it's beginning, beginning to manifest. I um, had a 50,000 uh, 50, square foot community center that I was putting a school in, right? And um, on 13 acres of land. Now, I quit my job with six children in order to do it. I began to write a uh, the foundations, you know, because you have to have a sponsor in Ohio to do it. So I had the will. I, I knew how to write it to some degree, but I didn't have the political connections and I didn't have the full knowledge on how to run it. Um, you know, so it was a learning process. I had to unite and merge my interests with another black man who has schools. Um, he runs social service agencies that's the wrap around the schools. And I have my own ideas that come from the 21st study guide, the new educational paradigm. But this, it reminds me of this part right here in Mexico, the black man, because I had the will and I had some resources, but I didn't have a full know-how. And then as believers, we are to do for self. However, I think that oftentimes we fit into this category. I'm going to read it right here out of message to the black man on um, page 62. We boast that we should be recognized as equals. Let us make ourselves equal. We cannot be equal with the master until we own what the master owns. We cannot be equal with the master until we have the freedom that the master enjoys. And this is the part. We cannot be equal with the master until we have the education the master has. Mm. They can say, um, then we can say the master recognize us as your equal. When I say education, I'm not talking about a degree. I'm talking about knowledge on how to run something. I'm talking about what they call capacity organizational capacity do you understand how to make the processes do you understand how to fund the operation from your own uh, pocket or business ideas and from the other uh veins that exist in a society um if that doesn't if you don't have that then it would behoove us and to connect with people who do have that that have good intentions that you believe or that you know um will recognize your genuine idea and you know, your connectedness to almighty God, Allah, and that will allow that to be um, almost like this. Remember when Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was attacked by the Quraysh um, when he was uh, young in his ministry. He had to go to Ethiopia. He had to get with the Nakus, which was a black Christian king. He grew in that space. He, he learned and, and related to the uh, the, uh, the Ethiopians. You understand the Abyssinians? I believe it was. And the Nagus, and then he came back. Well, my relationship with this Christian brother who has these schools has been as such. He's taught me, right, cultivated me. I worked in his schools. After I lost the building, I worked in his schools for four years. Now we're merging forces to bring my school into reality. Um, now, my intention is to make not one school, but many schools based upon the 21st educational paradigm right? The 21st study got new educational paradigm, but it really runs parallel to what he did. So what Allah did is that he hooked me up with somebody that was similar, like-minded, and that would have let me grow 
a natural growth in my own ideas. And then as I work for him, he learned how to trust my ideas. He learned how to trust my character. He learned how to trust my work ethic. He learned how to trust my effectiveness. He, be, he was able to see the uh, value of my thinking according to the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Let me flex in his environment like the Negus and then come out. And, and support me in what I want to do. And that's how I run up. I'm, I'm going to just say this real quick. It's called a spinoff industry. If you have a steel company in your city, but steel companies speed um, automobiles or steel companies speed railroad tracks or steel companies speed ball bearings, those are spinoff industries. They come off of one industry that's the main industry and then affix to that main industry of several other industries. And next thing you know, you become a leader in that field or in that part of industry. And this is what I think we lack. We really lack understanding on how to do it. And so I'm done, brother Ben, I appreciate you because you're showing us how to do things in your space. Um, that has to pivot to sustainable development. Okay. Um, where we can become builders of society. I don't believe Muhammad said he want engineers engineer denotes somebody who has the capacity to build construct and to maintain whatever it is you're trying to build be it a, a city or or be it a school or be it whatever you know what i mean you really have to know how to do it you can't guess at it so that's the educational part he said if you want a phd don't go to school telling them what they don't know he said hush this is the most honorable Elijah muhammad he said get on their shoulders stand this was in the theology of time stand on their shoulders learn what they know and if you learn what they know then you can see beyond them but if you're not not willing to do that then you can't you don't have the foundational knowledge to build anything. Hence, that's our problem. We got heart. We don't have understanding on how to build things. And that's the pivot to me right now in 2023. Business is war. Audible Wells says the war Armageddon. Well, let's build in that space until Allah wipes out physically what we see. And then we'll be prepared to build a new reality. That's it. Thank you. Yes, sir. Man, the principle, I want to point out some principles that I'm sure you all heard, but for those who want to duplicate that in the field. he. But I want to first start with what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said on page 62. He said, today you are educated. You claim that you have equal education, then why don't you take a walk? Before we can be justified in accusing the other man, let us examine ourselves first. So the reason I wanted to read that one is because he stated you are educated. And what I take from that is many of us where we are today, this does not mean that we shouldn't continue to study, continue to grow, continue to educate ourselves. But many of us, where we are right now, is the perfect place we need to be. What we're, what we're missing is not you trying to go learn and be educated about everything. What we're missing is the unity, which he says is more powerful than an atomic bomb. So the brother was able to unite with the Christian brother who, one, already had the building or some foundation and already had the knowledge. Oftentimes, many of us, we get stagnant because we think I got to know everything. I got to learn everything. And when we think like that, you're never going to learn everything. You're never going to know everything about business, everything about marketing. Why? Because things are constantly evolving. But if I know I'm already educated, 
in something. I'm already proficient and efficient in something. Let me collaborate with a brother that has the missing piece with me. Lower my ego. Learn how to unite with love. And hopefully he sees what I have of value. I see what he have as value. And that really is a lot of people's missing piece is uniting with the right person is uniting with six to eight like-minded individuals. As he talks about in this book as well, that's really our missing piece. But many of us, because we're trying to be all of the pieces on the checkboard, that's why our vision and that's why our businesses and what we want to bring into existence is delayed because we're not striving to just unite with that person who's already gifted in that area. So thank you for sharing that, um, brother. Uh, next, we have uh, Ansar. Ansar, go ahead. Assalamu alaikum, everyone, again. Uh, yeah, so my soliloquy is with a garden. In a garden, you have to prepare the soil. Even before you prepare the soil, you have to test the soil to see if the soil is suitable to effectively grow whatever it is that you intend to grow. Um, after that, different seeds go in at different levels and thereby produce the fruits that come 30, 60 to 90 days, some even 180 days it takes for those to fruit, to have edible goods. So planning and patience, once that seed is planted, then it has to be nurtured. You might have to add a, a fertilizer of sort, um, a covering if there's some type of insect. You know, there, there are things that has to be done between that 30, 60, 90, 180. Um, and, and, and yes, it does take a team to get it done. You, the sun, the rain, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And so, yeah, that was the, the thing that we saw with vision when the uh, Honorable Minister Lewis Farfan pointed out about you, after you have that vision, you have to put it in motion before we would plant, we would plan, lay out a, a floor plan, a flow plan, what's going here, what grows with this effectively, and put those things together. What can we put in the ground that will keep the snakes or the insects out? Same thing, effective planning helps for effective growing and then the patience and putting in the work every day. Um, that was what we had to say. And the, and the same page, page 62, ours was I'm with you to go on top, but we can't go on top with weight that's hanging on us. We cannot charge the white man with all our faults. You know what I'm saying? We, we have to see what we have to do within ourselves, and I say even our brother or sister, because we got a whole lot of that evil eye going on, you know, looking at our brothers and sisters, and instead of asking ourselves, well, what makes us uncomfortable about that brother or that sister? So we can learn from that how to move forward. Peace. That's it. Love and light. Yes, man. I noticed you pressed the number three as well on the question I asked. So what's your answer to the question about what has stopped you or someone that you know mm -hmm. close 
from accomplishing a vision? Getting in my own way. Um, again, going back to effectively planning, uh, just, you know, I might know how to go in that white man's office or that whoever, uh, man that I work for or woman that I work for, uh, and I might be able to do what they need me to do for their business. But then when I sit down to my own business and I look at is something about a, a blockage within that just doesn't allow me to do the same thing I did for them. So I had to get out of my own way and, and begin to step out and, and reach out to others. Um, and as the brother was saying, you know, reach out for other support, uh, other people that are in the same vein or doing very well with the same vein of what you're doing so that you can rub shoulders and learn something, you know, and not be afraid to learn. Um, but yeah, so the main objective was getting out of my own way, lack of information, lack of proper knowledge, um, not knowing every step that had to be taken. Like I wanted my, my trucking business that's still sitting in limbo. Uh, I wanted it to be under the trust of the false, social security birth certificate stuff that I'm hearing about, you know? And, and so then pursuing that is like, Oh, how, well, how do I? And so there was the stop and I never went beyond that curve. You know what I'm saying? It took me into another direction of, okay, well, how do I get this under trust so I can go over here and be privately owned in this commerce, blah, blah, blah. Took me out my loop, you know, uh, going into uncharted water, that, that we're not familiar with, not knowing how to keep the books, not having the proper team on hand. Like, see, I might be good at speaking or I might be good at getting the contracts, but somebody else might be good at sitting down and crunching those numbers or, you know, doing those aspects of things. So recognizing that it does take a team and that together we each will achieve more and I alone can do my best. Yes, <laughs> That's it. Did I answer your question now? You did. Thank you for answering. Thank Okay. Uh, next we have uh, Harun I think I'm saying that right Yeah that's right uh, Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters um, I just get right You know I wanted to you know, Jump right into the question You know I think for my vision You know what's limited my vision Was my you know I think I was I have a vision, but I also have the vanity inside. Like, why am I doing this? You know? And I would, you know, always question myself, like, do I really want this vision for me to be successful? Because I want the same things of grandeur that I see that other people outside of myself get. And so, you know, like, and like it brings back to one of minister Farrakhan's lectures about like the, you know, the urges of what you do, like I'm back in, I think it was the 83 or eighties. I'm not sure. But it was like we talked about, like, you know, the snake within, like, you know, you still have this, you know, idea and mindset of what others have and you really want this. And so you try to go get it. But now you're coming under the teachings of, you know, the minister. And it's, you know, it's hard to decide whether this is the, your vision or is this your vanity. And, you know, at that point, you know, I was like, well, I don't really want to do it no more, you know, because I can't really decide whether it's right or wrong for myself. And I think, you know, that's like one of my truest, you know, impediments, you know, 
trying to decide for myself is, is this the right thing to do? And that's, uh, I'll just keep it short. If man, that's, it's, it's interesting. You say that someone recently asked our student minister a similar question and he was asking, how do I know when it's my, my gift or my purpose versus God's purpose. He was like, how do I know which one I'm following? Because I may be doing something and it's not nothing wrong with it. I'm not doing nothing wrong, but I'm like, is this me or is this a lie? And the brother had a beautiful answer. He said, combine them. Well, you talk about seeing what other people have. Well, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that God don't want us to be second to none in nothing. And he wants us to have the best of everything. This is what the minister teaches us. What does our supreme wisdom say? Luxury, money, good homes, friendship of all walks of life. I heard the minister say he want all of us to have the type of house he's in at the national house. And he said, and I read in another uh, part where he said, that's really just, I'm paraphrasing now, that's really small compared to what he wants us to have. He said the Savior wanted us to drive a luxury car. We can drive a little Honda. You can do that. But he wanted us to drive the luxury car. As long as it doesn't go against our religion, nor does it take us off his path, shoot for the stars. If it doesn't take me away from my Monday, my Wednesday, my Friday, my Sunday, my, 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 my mission as a soldier, then there's nothing wrong with it. So people used to ask me, hey, man, how do you separate the teachings from this? Why do I don't? There's no need to separate. It says Islam is mathematics. And then it talks about after learning, then we must learn how to use it. Uh Islam is mathematics. Mathematics is Islam. Then we must learn how to use it to get some benefit. Use it to get some benefit. Then it specifies that is luxury, money, good home, friendship of all walks of life. So I think as long as we are in line with still the mission, because the minister says, if you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, if you're this, you still got one aim, one focus. So if it's still in line with the resurrection of the dead, it's still if it's in line with the bringing impact value to our people and it's not anything that goes against our religion, we shouldn't feel guilty of, well, I don't know if I should do that because that's what kills us. Sometimes God gave us this gift. He gave us this talent. He gave us this idea so that we can use it. But many of us, we kill the idea because of our own self-doubt, because of, oh, man, this is vanity and things of that nature. If it's in line with the will of God, um, you know, and it doesn't take us away from God's will. I mean, not God's will, but, you know, because we, you know, hopefully in line with God's will. But if (laughs) it doesn't take it away from his way, then, you know, most of the time or oftentimes we are pretty much in line with what he wants us to do because he says the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us or, or, or taught him that our, our purpose is, is whatever we love to do most and what we do best. Yes, sir. Uh, Sister Randisha.
Oh, I'm sorry. I got to let you unmute yourself. Go ahead. So, Asnamalikum, um, as it relates to um, me and why my vision hasn't come to um, fruition is because I don't think um, the minister did a lecture series, Blessed Are Those Who Find Their Purpose in Life and Are Found Doing It. Mm. Um, I think that although I have that vision is that I'm still pregnant. And right now I'm going through those labor pains with the vision and bringing it into reality of what I actually wanted to do because I wanted to be a doctor and I wanted to do this then I wanted to do that. But then when I found out that I really, really have a love and a passion for actually, actually nurturing mothers to the end of pregnancy is that's when I found what my true purpose was. I never knew that, but I, um, started to just like try little things and then I failed and then I continued to fail. And as I continued to fail, I continued to grow. And every time I grew, Allah showed me my purpose. But I just, as Ramadan, I just watched like the ants and I watched how every ant plays a, um, plays a part in building the kingdom. I also watched the birds as when one birds get tired, another bird comes into the front to take over. And then also is, um, as you know, as me being pregnant with that, I know that it's, it's going to come. But like you said, I do have to build with others to actually make sure that, you know, I like to make sure that this is it's like closing the gap. And I just have to somewhere along the line, close that gap. When you say that you are pregnant. Like like labor, you have contractions, so that lets you know, hey, let me. Well, that pain starting to kick in. Let me call the midwife. Come on over. Let you know, hey, it's time to push now. In you saying the reason we you haven't been able to bring it into fruition yet is because you are pregnant. What will be the sign for you that it's time for you to push? So now is the time for me to push after um Ramadan, the truth. We talked about it yesterday. It was like, you know, um, that that was it for me, is that this is the truth. This is the way of the light. Like This is your purpose. So after reading the Quran during the Ramadan call and listening to everybody and taking much needed notes, it's like this is the time where you're going into labor to deliver this idea. Mm. Yes, ma'am. Brother uh, Michael 2X. So, Mike, can you hear me? Thanks, Salam. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We can. I think, um, yes, sir. I think Mars has pretty much been like a lack of network, um, meeting the right people and having the right support group. Um, it's one thing I think that's been keeping me back from fulfilling my vision. But in particular, as a uh, you know, as a whole, Jango who once said that uh, the greatest threat to national security was our unity, and that the honorable Elijah Muhammad said, "Study the white man for his successful and all his undertakers, and we should do the same." And in saying that, seeing that our unity is a threat, and business is warfare. Uh, 
one of the things that I learned from studying the white man is that he can contribute everything that he's that all his success is, is pretty much contributed to his secret societies or his social clubs, things of that nature. Seeing that how all of our undertakers has been uh, destroyed or most of our leaders has been pretty much undermined. I feel that a lot of times that we as a people have to keep what we got going a secret, especially with respect to, you know, economics or unifying or, and things of that nature. But that's all I have. That's all I have to share, bro. Yes, sir. Uh, that, that if you need that group, sounds like, uh, I don't know if you've been seeing, we've been we just relaunched the tribe. Uh, that's definitely the solution for that um, problem. Those who lack a network and lack positive people that can inspire them, motivate them, and hold them accountable. Just want to put that out there. Um, Sister Kayima, am I saying that right? Let me unmute you. My bad. I ain't got to go to your name. see your name right here hold on kiyama it's probably kiyama yep it's probably what it is i don't know why i said kiyama <laughs> assalamualaikum <laughs> yes sir um i listen to everybody and i analyze myself according to the most honorable elijah muhammad and the resurrected messiah the most honorable minister was barkham so I was coming up with so many excuses as to why why I'm not giving, you know, um, large donations and charity. What happened that Allah arrested my development from whatever I did? Because it was nothing more rewarding than to be able to give five thousand, um, three thousand, no less than a thousand a week to um, to the nation. And he blessed me to do that for so long. I guess, to be honest, um, and, and with the sister, I think her name is Renisha. She um, and I have a lot in common. But when I look at all of us and I look at what we've been taught, I'm realizing that um, for me, and since we are one, it's the, the, the lack of submission, surrender, and accept because we all are already there. We just have to learn to accept. And maybe if we all come together with our weaknesses, we can build each other's strength because there is no excuse. Though we have a lot to make and add to it, it's not one because just as a lot allowed us to will ourselves into existence. And it sounds like many of us on here have had a degree of success where we were extraordinary. I had a few businesses that at the time, no one was doing it. The sister that's in the healthcare that wants to deal with um, I'm helping mothers, well, I'm in the healthcare field too. So maybe we can link up the other brother that once we all can, that's the unity. Even though it starts from the inside out, we all can link together since we're already linked. We can actually do it. 
and create it and we will be blessed because we know we can do it and we know we're in these times that we must move now because we know the matrix is real. So I hope I didn't say anything wrong, but I do, I do believe that we can come together and do it. I remember being 13 years old. That was the first time I saw the minister. He was, he tore cardboard boxes open and I guess whoever was with him and they put it on the dirt. And I grew up in Chatham on, 7, on 81st and Langley. So I was walking with my mom down 79th to go to the store. And she said, oh, let's stop and listen to him. He used to be a real popular singer. And he was standing out there on cardboard boxes. And he drew such a large crowd with that microphone on 79th Street in the daytime. It's nothing we can't do. But we really do need to come together because each time that I've been able to do anything, I, I would find other people, but I've been begging Allah if he can just let me be with the believers. Because when I've worked with other people and you put your guard down because you know you're with someone that you feel Allah has sent, then you start losing 50, 60,000, 100,000. So if we can come together, we can do a lot because I worked as a RN. The sister likes to help people. I've been, um, I have a big following on TikTok. So I'm trying to think of ways to raise money. I share pictures of the Quran every day and I get like a thousand views. So we can create because our sisters, we know what our sisters are like. If heaven lies at the feet of the woman and we're like the way we are, we have the capacity with our skills. And as Brother Ben X said, the resurrection with, with everything that we have, as long as we keep the resurrection involved, Allah is going to bless us and we will hit paradise because we will be doing paradise in hell. The minister said, stop trying to get to paradise if you haven't save no damn body in hell if you in hell get up and start getting your people out of hell because when he was speaking out there his teeth were i'm not trying to talk about our minister his teeth were yellow they weren't in good shape he didn't have the money he had or anything he didn't have the final call building i watched him transform so when he started speaking to us he was not in paradise he worked his way out of hell into heaven and if we can come together and do that that would be a blessing because i don't want to work with um the afghanistan muslims i'm currently in dubuque iowa where there are there is no mosque or anything so that's 20 and a half hours away from chicago so i've been linking up with other muslims I go to the, the Catholic churches and do charity um, because of the time we live in. And we all have a, a certain instinct to move more rapidly, more quick in our thinking, you know, more steadfast. I know we're all feeling the same thing. So a lot is forcing us. We're 
under the pressure because we're not obeying. So that energy in us is trying to force us to align. The alignment is with each other. We're on this line. Brother Ben X is um, a great helper to the minister. He is, to me, a lot revealed to me, he is a big part of many of us making it through our breakthroughs into paradise. So if we, after this phone call, can exchange numbers, Allah will bless us because of our obedience. Because I I was a sister who, um, Allah, when I was very obedient and I lost my way, I lost my way. And when I lost my way, I, I went to hell and money was there. Money does not keep you out of hell because he sent me to New York. So they were paying us five and 10,000 a week. That was not the point. I, I was so miserable. Money did not give me joy. I have more joy now. I've left nursing because the way they're outright killing our people, he, Allah told me, leave that alone. Go back to help healing people from cancer and lupus. There was a sister on yesterday, Sister Shalon. Allah used me with the herbs to get rid of her lupus because that's very dangerous. But what I've learned since being in um, the, the transformation process, since being pregnant, that we are so smart with our power. It's nothing we can't do. But because we are amongst so many enemies and so much energy that that they've used to try to um, distract us, that our being amongst each other, even if it's, you know, um, spiritually and then networking, however we need to do it, we are already successful. Sister Ava said it. She said, we already won. Uh, forget what they said. So what we have to do is work the program. And I'm praying to Allah that the spirit in which I'm saying this in, that we can really do this. We can do this. I am getting a lot of positive energy and feedback from you all. Allah used to really give me a lot of energy. So he used one of my sons or his son rather to fill that mosque up and um he was using me to uh, to give maybe 20 and 30 thousand dollars a month we can do this without ever going back to satan's world because he's stripping all of us but he's showing us that he's got plenty of wealth within us everything is in us so inshallah after this we can maybe exchange numbers, and um, I'm getting so much energy. You all are young, much younger than me. My youngest is 25, and my oldest is 35. So, um, inshallah, you know, we can move forward because I have energy now, and I am very grateful, and you all are feeding my energy because, again, we are one. Thank you again. Assalamu alaikum. Well, you done inspired me, sister, to um, I'm about to put a telegram link inside of the Zoom. So for y'all who's listening on YouTube and Facebook, this is why it's important for you to come on the Zoom. Um, I'm about to put a telegram link in here. Click If y'all can click that link, all of y'all who's on Zoom, you all can join that telegram where we can network. Y'all can talk to each other, meet each other. We can have chats.
It's called yes. the, it's called the Power Group. So just click that link I just put in there, and that's okay. where we can uh, all be in a group chat together. And I share it every morning on our call. Next, we got Sister uh, Sister Randisha. So um, sometimes I don't follow my notes because I am a nervous speaker, but I also in my notes, I had that, you know, my daughter is doing a video. Right. And although I was pregnant with that idea, like she doesn't have any money, she doesn't have any resources, but she made sure that this was done. Her and her friends kind of pulled their resources together and she came to me with the proposal that um, I wouldn't have never expected, but. As I listened to how to give birth to a God, I wouldn't expect anything different, but she put everything together, but she also had friends that played a major part. So I just wanted to say that because our children are so powerful. And as I continue to watch her is how I am becoming better and actually giving birth to this idea. So that was just one of the things that I had to say. Yes, ma'am. All right. I see y'all joining the, uh, Telegram. Let's see who's next. Brother Brother Samuel. Go ahead. All right. So the Honorable Louis Farrakhan said in the Belief in Allah lecture that you just uh, was playing. He said that we have ideas, right? Mm -hmm. And that, you know, and the sister referenced something else earlier. She said that, you know, Blessed is the man or woman who finds their purpose in life. Um, so he said, when we have ideas and we don't think on these ideas, they're connected to our purpose. The other brother I asked earlier, he had some difficulty trying to figure out, was it Allah or is it vanity, right? So when we have ideas that are from Allah and we pay charity, you know what I mean? Charity means we pay attention to the ideas. We spend in our brains on these ideas. It's current, it's currency. The real current in your brain the energy in your brain is currency and we take that and we take our ideas to the marketplace but one thing when you really born to do an idea um you're in love with that idea and that idea follows you everywhere if you think about mother tanetta everywhere she went she says i saw the most honorable elijah muhammad my husband the most honorable elijah muhammad said this he said that she was so in love with him that if she was in Mongolia, she saw his mind. If she was in China, she saw his mind in the architecture, in the art, in the history. So it's something called the reticular activating system. When you are in love with an idea that you are born to do, that's a part of you, you plan on, an on that idea and you pay attention to it. So whenever you buy a brand new car, you see like that same car everywhere. You might not have ever seen that car before. Not that much, but when you get it, you see it everywhere. And so when you're in love with an idea, you're going to find like-minded people. You're going to find resources. You're going to find those who function in that space and they become your tribe, right? So they can help you to materialize and manifest that idea because you're so in love. You're pursuing that idea. You're going to find it in people, places, and things. So when you're born to do something, you have that type of relationship, what it is that you're born to do. You're going to see it in everybody and find the spaces and the places. But the mind got to be rid of doubt, belief in Allah. Doubt is a big hypocrite, right? That, that you can't take that to the negotiating table and you can't go to the negotiating table with people who cast doubt, who cast the suggestions and lugs in your mind. These lugs turn into seeds and seeds turn into trees and trees turn into forests. And next thing you know, you can't see the light of the sun of your idea because you seeded your mind with, you know, darkness or, or doubtful people. 
right? So when we're in love with an idea, we marry those ideas. Those ideas is like angels and the opposite of that is demons. You divorce your demons. Anybody that has the murderous thought of an abortionist uh, to your ideas, you cannot connect to them during that time. And so that's what I wanted to say. Um, brothers and sisters, please be encouraged. Um, seek out the proper audience. Seek out, first of all, your idea, fall in love with your idea. And then those people who are, who rotate around that idea or in the space of that idea, who love your expression of that idea, or you, you possess the same energy, um, the same idea or the same type of uh, approach to that idea. Next thing you know, you have the people, places and things in place to make your dreams become true. And that, that's the hour that we live in. I'm going to stop with this. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that angels are exalt, are, angels are thoughts that exist on um, planes, right? I, ideas of righteous minds in theology of time. So there are angels waiting. You know, I don't miss far kind of say it's 10,000 angels in America. There are angels waiting to help facilitate. You're becoming one with Allah. You're becoming one with the ideas. That is the shift that is going on in the society. Now we're going to take over. Just got to find the right people, places, and things as you fall in love with an idea and get rid of your own doubt and develop capacity. Then these things will come into place and on people, places, and things will help you to do that. Yes, That's sir. all. Praise be to Allah. Anybody else would like to share? Brother Ben, you ever vision holding a conference where the believers can connect? Just a thought. Yep. But <laughs> I need to uh I need to do what y'all said today. Collaborate with someone who knows that lane because uh I'm not a planner and event person. I'm very spontaneous. So if one of y'all are great at events, if one of y'all are great at uh, you know, promoting events, hosting events, you know, and just let me do what I do as far as content and bringing people together. But all that other stuff can be held held together. Yep, I definitely have. I I would like to do that for sure. So y'all can talk. We can talk about that on the um in the Telegram. If 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 one of y'all in here specialized in that, or you know someone who specialized in that, I definitely would love to do something like that. Uh, Sabrina Scott. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Ben. How are you? Alaikum, doing blacktastic. I wanted to just say, I follow you on uh, all your social medias, but I want to just say thank Allah for you because you just bring a lot to the table for a lot of us believers. Um, I am over excited. I'm, I'm blessed to just even listen to you. I was I was listening to you when we were doing Ramadan and you helped me get through a lot of days. Um, this was my first Ramadan. I saw you and your wife when I went to save you say, I just really want to say you are blessed. You are a blessing. And, and I, and I'm an older sister that's in the nation, but I am so grateful for you. And it's thanks to Allah with all that you have endured in your lifetime to still be able to push through and help up other people or just us 
to get through whatever we're going through. So I thank you for your platforms. Um, I thank you for getting up every morning and helping me get through what I'm going through. So I just wanted to say that I know it's off the topic, but I just wanted to let you know how appreciative I am for you. And I want to say thank you to your wife because she, you know, give you the time to help others. You know, um, when you can just really be spending time with your family, but you dedicate a lot of your time helping us to get what we need to be, whether it's to help find a, you know, do for self or just to encourage us or to motivate us or to help us heal through whatever we're going through. I just wanted to say thank you. And, um, I pray to Allah that he keep blessing you to bless us. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. All praise is due to Allah. I thank you uh, for that acknowledgement. And I'll be needing that sometime. So thank you. That was uh, right on time. Well, listen, family, I don't see anybody else that has pressed uh, the number three in the comment section. So we're going to follow up tomorrow morning at 6 p.m. Central Time. Um Thank everybody who has been on on Facebook, YouTube, and Zoom throughout the whole entire Ramadan. I would like to share something with you all. I didn't get to share it yesterday. This Ramadan has been the most consistent I have ever been with Ramadan. Only missed two days um, of this Ramadan that I gotta I gotta make. And the reason that I was so disciplined and was able to have my best Ramadan is because of you all. Those mornings when I got up and I knew I stayed up to about two o'clock in the morning, I said, man, I going to sleep. My mind said, but the people is depending on the call. The people is going to be waiting on this call. The people is somebody's going to need it on this particular day. So uh, I thank all of you all for getting up every morning, being on those calls, because that was inspiring for me. Uh, and some of the feedback that I got was, you know, this is some people's first time completing the full Ramadan. And it was because of this call that they was able to do it. So just as important as that call was for you all, it was just that as uh, just that important for me. Uh, this is, I mean, read the complete Ramadan, got up every morning and prayed. So, man, this has been an amazing uh, journey for me. So to be able to do this, not only for myself, but hundreds of people. I know we always saw about 60, 70 on, uh, on the Zoom. But on the Facebook, there was another 50, 60 sometimes. So every morning, I know I kept saying 100 on the Zoom, but technically there was over 100 people every morning listening. So when you go back on the replays, 400 people, 500 people, uh, over 1,000 people on certain videos. So we was able to inspire together thousands of people all over the world every morning to read the uh, the Quran. That was some people's first time reading the Quran. People enjoyed the minister's lectures in the beginning that I played. So I just wanted to thank you all and share that with you all, that this has been the best Ramadan for me, the most consistent Ramadan for me, and it's because of uh, you all. I always had y'all in the back of my mind. Nope, you ain't got, you ain't got the luxury of, of sleeping in because you're going to have 50 people, 100 people waiting on you, depending on you to get up. So I just want to share that with you all. And uh, assalamu alaikum. And I'll see you all tomorrow morning.